time for more Scott Weinberg on the law on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Attorney Scott Weinberg. We're joined here by uh, a special guest, Dan Karofkin. He's one of the staff attorneys at the ACLU here in Michigan. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Good morning, Scott. I'm fine. Thanks. Dan, one of the things that... Uh, Obviously, is it, it's re- it's so important here in Michigan is this new medical marijuana law, and you know as a criminal defense attorney, we our firm is uh, has represented over the years many different people that uh, have been charged with uh, with possession of marijuana or growing marijuana, and now of course they're trying um, to be able to um, come under the medical marijuana law, and some of the people that we have represented either already have applied for a medical marijuana uh, license, either to use it or to grow it, um, or they actually received it, but they're still being harassed and, uh, quite frankly, uh, charged with the criminal offenses in this state. What's going on? What, how are they able to charge someone who actually applies for medical marijuana um, and try and doing it legitimately but still charge them? What's going on in the state? Yeah, that's right, Scott. Well, they're they're not able to do it under the law, uh, but it hasn't uh, prevented that from happening, which is a really unfortunate situation. You know, we have had um, uh, we we've been experiencing the war on drugs uh, in our country and our state for so long uh, that we've grown accustomed to uh, marijuana being illegal under all circumstances all the time. And that's no longer the case because uh, an overwhelming majority of Michigan voters have approved a medical marijuana law, which is to say ill patients who, who have the advice and recommendation of their doctor can use marijuana for medical purposes uh, in, within the confines of the law. Let me, let me, Dan, us, Dan, let me ask you about that real quick. Now, is it, can any doctor do it or do you have to go to a special doctor to prescribe that? Uh, any doctor who's your doctor can do it. So uh, as long as the doctor has a doctor-patient relationship uh, with the patient, uh, the doctor can uh, recommend that uh, marijuana be uh, uh, used as a treatment for that patient's uh, medical uh, condition uh, to treat their pain or the symptoms of their uh, serious medical condition. So, you know, so we have a situation now where uh, we have to make an adjustment to what the law uh, what the law is and what the law requires. And, you know, everyone understands it takes a while to adjust, but uh, I think the time has come, and it's time to um, time to recognize that marijuana, when used under the law and with the advice of a physician, is a medicine. It's not an, it's not an illegal drug. And what about being able to uh, not just use it, but it gives them an ability to grow a small amount. Is that correct? That's correct. So the law says that anyone who... Uh, obtains, uh, who becomes a registered and qualified uh, uh, medical marijuana patient under the law can grow up to 12 plants of marijuana and can, can possess those plants um, without fear of arrest or prosecution or without fear that those plants are going to be confiscated by uh, law enforcement. Now, they have to meet certain conditions. They have to keep those plants in an enclosed locked facility. Um, and they um, and, and they can't grow more than the 12 plants that are allowed under the law. But as long as they're complying with those rules, uh, they are absolutely under the law protected from being arrested or from having their plants uh, confiscated by law enforcement. 
And unfortunately, we're not seeing that, um, uh, that, that those requirements adhered to by law enforcement throughout the state. We are seeing a lot of situations where completely legitimate and legal uh, patients, many of whom suffer from very serious and painful diseases, are uh, experiencing raids by police officers. They're, they're, getting, uh, they're getting prosecuted. The police come into the house in the middle of the night. Um, it can be quite a, uh, quite a frightening situation uh, for people who are really just trying essentially to, to take their medicine uh, within the confines of the law. But the advice, and, and quite frankly, we've, we've represented several people just recently that they had applied for medical, medical marijuana license they or uh, prescription they also wanted to become growers is there a separate law for growers than for the ones who are just doing it for themselves uh, well what what the what the law allows is for you either to be a, a patient uh, or a caregiver and if you're a caregiver uh, you have to be uh, uh, you have to be registered uh, with a patient so that if a patient for example wants to rely on uh, this, uh, their spouse or their best friend or their neighbor or, or, or someone who has experience uh, or skills uh, in growing marijuana, uh, the, the person who's the caregiver can grow the marijuana and then give it to the patient. Um, so you can also apply for a card as a registered caregiver, but only when you're linked up with a registered patient. But when you actually apply, and that's one of the issues that uh, we have a, a new client who applied for a, uh, a to be a caregiver and started growing unfortunately and then got raided by the police so he really did it backwards didn't he you really yeah, have you to know, it, when the law was first passed uh, th- there have been some people who haven't been uh, maybe as educated as they should be about the details of the law now uh, which 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 is to say if you if you apply for your card uh, but you start growing right away, uh, you're not strictly within the confines of, of the law. However, the law actually also provides for what's called an affirmative defense, and the law recognizes that even if someone has not complied with all of the technical requirements of the law, if what they're doing is still for medical purposes and they're not trying to uh, sell marijuana for non-medical purposes, uh, then they can still uh, assert an affirmative defense in court and they won't be convicted of uh, possession or, or distribution of marijuana. So uh, even when someone is uh, growing a little bit more than the 12 plants or if they, uh, they start growing a little too early, if they do run into a situation where they are prosecuted, um, the law still, allow, still recognizes that you can't be convicted of marijuana drug charges if really what you were trying to do was uh, use it for medical purposes. Uh, Dan, how does it work, uh, and how, what's your take on the conflict with the federal authorities not agreeing with the uh, state's rights like that, where the, obviously it's not legal to possess it or sell it uh, under the federal statute? So it's, it's te- that's correct. It's technically uh, still illegal under federal law to possess any amount of marijuana. However, uh, the, uh, uh, the, administ- the Obama administration and the Justice Department have announced that it is now the official U.S. policy not to uh, prosecute or otherwise go after patients and caregivers who are using medical marijuana in conformity with st- local state laws. 
So it's now really the official policy that if you are uh, doing everything right under the Michigan Medical Marijuana Act, the federal government is not going to prosecute you uh, for violating federal law. Are there many cases now being brought in uh, in Michigan? Uh, do you have a breakdown of how many have applied under the medical marijuana law? Uh, what, I, I don't know the exact numbers of how many people have applied for cards, for, reg- for licenses, uh, but the Michigan Department of Community Health reports those numbers, uh, and it's certainly in the thousands. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of patients um, who are suffering and have been suffering for many years with uh, serious medical conditions, uh, painful diseases, uh, who, whose doctors have said, yes, this uh, uh, medical marijuana will help you relieve your pain. It will help treat the symptoms of your condition. And, um, and now, that, uh, now that we finally have a law um, that's been approved by an overwhelming majority of Michigan's voters, uh, those patients are able to take advantage of uh, this opportunity to help ease their pain. We're talking this morning with Dan Karapkin of the uh, the ACLU. You know, Dan, I I recently had a uh, a case in uh, one of the local courts that uh, the the client got um, uh, convicted of uh, or charged with possession of marijuana. We uh, we were getting uh, got him probation, got it where it wasn't on his record on the the uh, seventy four eleven law. And uh, since that time, while he's on probation, he it's severe back problems. He's had back surgeries for years. Vicodin never worked, and he, quite frankly, uh, it was very difficult uh, to be for him to be on that. So he got his doctor to uh, give him a prescription for the medical marijuana. He applied. He actually now has a proper script for medical marijuana, but the judge, because he's on probation, won't let him take it. <laughs> they, you know, of course, because he's already on a, on under advisement for it, he feels it's in violation of it. So he has a proper prescription for it, but under the judge's rule, he can't. Isn't that yeah, ridiculous? It, yeah, you know, I don't obviously, without knowing the specifics specifics of that case, it would be hard for me to comment about that case specifically. But we are we are seeing a lot of um, uh, a lot of complaints and a lot of problems with you know individuals. Uh, in you know, in positions of power, whether it's judges or police officers or prosecutors, who have somehow concluded for uh, who knows what reason that the law just doesn't apply to them, and um, and, and you know, it, it, it's really uh, it, it's really unfortunate that um, now that uh, you know an overwhelming majority of Michigan voters have approved this law uh, and, and have essentially said, look, this is a kind of medicine that's used to treat your pain. Um, that um, that uh, that a minority um, are you know still refusing to recognize um, uh, medical marijuana for what it is, which is uh, a legitimate and uh, and not an abused um, substance that 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 can help people um, who have painful conditions. Often, like you said, in a way that that uh, completely legal prescription drugs like Vicodin can't can't help. Um, you know, in, in a probation case, I, I, I think it would be very rare for someone to be told by a judge as a condition of probation that he can't take um, the medications that have been prescribed for him by a physician. Um, and, and so it's really, you know, it's really unfortunate and troubling when, uh, uh, when a judge would uh, take it upon himself or herself to decide uh, that medical marijuana can't be used in a particular case, even when a physician has said yes. This will help. This will ease somebody's pain. Yeah, it is ridiculous where people in the position of power, whether they agree with the laws or not, they just they should follow them, especially judges. You know, they're not there to make the laws. They're there to, to make sure that they are 
uh, enforced fairly, obviously, with, with my clients, but obviously with yours, too. But when the executive branch, these prosecutors, you know, they just they choose which ones they want to prosecute or not. I wish they would, quite frankly, just follow this law and uh, leave the ones that are properly being medicated alone. Yeah, you know, we're so uh, we're it's so ingrained in our heads that um, uh, uh, that you know that we that marijuana is a drug and a, and a you know a drug that can be abused and it's illegal and you shouldn't take it that um, that it's very hard to make these adjustments um, now that uh, now that the law finally recognizes that medical marijuana can have uh, a palliative a treat a treatment uh, it can be a treatment for for diseases. Um, it's very hard to make these adjustments, but I think it's time. I, I think that you know the law has been in place for a while now. Uh, uh, the will of the people is clear on this. Uh, a majority of Michigan voters in every single county in Michigan voted to approve this law, um, and, and it's it's just no longer really shouldn't really any longer be uh, a point of confusion or a point of um, a point of concern. It should be something that we all recognize and are willing to move forward on and in, in enforcing and adjusting to correctly. Well, I couldn't agree more. Dan uh, Garopkin, uh, thank you very much. Thank you for uh, coming on the show and uh, explaining a lot more about the medical marijuana. We'll have you on again. Thank you for all you do at the ACLU and uh, hope to have you back. You're welcome, Scott. Have a good day. Take care. Well, I tell you, one of the, uh, the main things we ought to consider, whether we have the proper law in place right now for medical marijuana or not, there are some good points on both sides of whether or not we should have legalized either marijuana or just even for the purpose we have it right now. And one of the main ones that the proponents for medical marijuana, well, really the proponents for any kind of legalization of marijuana, but definitely for medical marijuana, is that it the prohibition of it, the denial of growing it, using it, and uh, any kind of distribution has failed to control the use and domestic production of marijuana, meaning the government's tried to use criminal penalties to prevent uh, marijuana use for years, 75 years or more. And yet marijuana is used by over 25 million people annually. Cannabis is the largest cash crop in the United States, and it's grown all over the planet. It just means that there are... Uh, tremendous values in perhaps legally growing it. Yet our police and our government, because they're trying to follow what they feel are ethical or moral values to prevent it, that they're also trying to enforce the laws. And it's not enforced evenly. Arrests for marijuana possession, they disproportionately disproportionately affect blacks and Hispanics all over this country, but definitely here in, <laughs> in Michigan and Illinois. African Americans account, now listen to this, African Americans account for approximately 13% of the population. They use it about 13% of the annual marijuana users. Blacks account for 26% of the arrests. So double the amount of the users, they account for the 26% of the arrests. And it's because that there's such a focus in our inner cities on trying to arrest and take out any type of drug use, people using marijuana get caught up with correctly or incorrectly within that. The argument is that, of course, that because it's illegal right now in most states, a regulated legal market in marijuana, 
would reduce marijuana sales and use among teenagers and it reduce their exposure to other drugs. Now, that one I'm not so sure about, if you want to know the truth. I mean, listen, we have had alcohol legal in our country ever since really Prohibition. The 1920s to 1933, I mean, it was a marketable failure, Prohibition was. But because we've really never had the laws allowing federal use all in all states for marijuana, we've never been able to say, okay, we're going to give it to you and we're going to take it away like we did alcohol. Let's face it, when we had prohibition, we had rum runners and, and alcohol runners. We had the, the, the mob uh, spring up. We had the Chicago mobs. We had everybody coming in trying to do it illegally. And then they found that, obviously, there were better ways, for other complicated reasons, but better ways to do it legally. But would anybody say that alcohol is a great part of our society helping our teenagers? Of course not. Would they say that we should have rules and laws that prohibit teenagers from using alcohol? Of course we should. Or at least regulating the adult use of alcohol. But here with marijuana... We're starting that in Michigan, that we've legalized it for specific types of purposes, for it being for someone who a doctor would say is in medical need of it. But there are other reasons why the federal government still has it, as um, the uh, attorney from the ACLU was, was delineating, is that the federal government still doesn't allow it. There are conflicts between our state's rights and federal rights. And federal laws. And here, even though they're not going to potentially enforce the manufacturing or distribution under the Michigan law medically and for caregivers to give it to people that medically need it, it's still against federal law. And we might get another administration coming in, in the federal government, that is going to enforce it. Even this administration might find that, I don't care, we think that it is against the rules that there's really not a good enough reason to have a medical marijuana license to use it or to grow it. And therefore we're going to try to bust down these small little grow operations that are under Michigan law doing it legally. But there's no question that other states that have considered it, including ours back before 2008, felt that it would be abused. I mean, even just recently in, uh, in Missouri, they had the, uh, they voted against, the House there voted against medical marijuana. And they're basically saying it's all about a party. <laughs> they think it's all about a party and not an illness. The, uh, the rep there, uh, the representative, uh, in, uh, in Missouri was stating just on the record, you can look it up on YouTube, he says. It would be so-called patients in chronic pain in their doctor's office joking about the fake ailments right before they get their marijuana prescription. That they're basically saying, we're going to fool our doctors into allowing it. Well, you know what? It happens every day. How many people go to their doctor, pretend they're in pain, or had some type of pain in the past, and they get Vicodin, or they get some type of pain medication and the doctor, whether legitimate or not, is trying to treat a patient's self-described pain. It's chronic pain, perhaps, but it's self-described. And yet that type of pain medication is so indiscriminately prescribed 
in our state, let alone our country, but you don't see people jumping up and down about that abuse. But here, for instance, in Missouri, that's one of their main reasons why they're voting against having to uh, vote down a law uh, regarding medical marijuana. Even in Michigan, we just, I mean, we were talking recently about where, how do you actually go under that law? How do you get a prescription for it, use it under a medical purpose, but then, for instance, how do you go to work? How do you actually be at work without, and they have some kind of drug test and getting fired? Well, recently, Walmart <laughs> fired a cancer patient who had a prescription of marijuana. Article reads, even though Michigan resident Joseph Cassius had a prescription from his doctor for medical marijuana, he was fired after a positive test for substance abuse by his employer. And he had a prescription for it. He says it hurts because because he actually needs it. Cassius basically was taking it for uh, his pain with sinus cancer. He says the rare form of cancer causes him pain constantly. He almost died when he was first diagnosed. He sprained his knee at work and underwent a routine drug test that is part of any type of workers' comp case. you got to take some type of drug test. When he was questioned about the positive test, of course, he told him about it. He told him about his condition, that he presented a state card authorizing his medical marijuana for the proper purposes, and he was fired anyway. How can we follow properly along the state when our employers are going to take it into their own hands? When the judges, just like in the case I had, the judges say, I don't care if you have a proper prescription and you need it, whether it's for Viking, whether it's for marijuana, whether it's an aspirin, I don't want you taking it because I decide that that's not right. That our employers say, we're not going to follow the law. We don't care if you properly take it. We're going to fire you anyway. Michigan is one of 14 states where medical marijuana is legal. But employers here, they can't just determine if they, they well, they actually, they can determine, determine if the employee fails a drug test, but they have to look and see, is he properly prescribed that? And obviously there's a lawsuit going on with that uh, right now. But one of the things we need to make sure that we do in this state is we have to have our state laws comply with federal and we have to have our state laws comply with other state laws. And I'll give you, for instance, we were just talking about it. You have someone who is properly using marijuana, and they're going to be treating their chronic pain under a doctor's care, and they get in their car to go to the grocery store, and they're stopped, and they charge now with operating influence of drugs. It's going to happen all over this state. How do we protect ourselves? Just as if you're taking Vicodin, and you drive, and let's say you get in an accident, guess what? They're going to charge you with operating influence of medicine or under drugs, and even though it's prescribed, if they can show that it was you were not driving normally because of it, they're going to charge you with a 90-day misdemeanor, and if you kill someone, they're going to charge you with a much, much more serious crime, and you took that legally. You're taking marijuana legally, and you can still be charged. And I'm telling you, they're going to be prosecutors and government officials that are going to try to do that. So we have to just be clear what we do in this state. If you have any questions on that, call me at 1-800-7100-LAW. That's 1-800-7100-529. 
This is Scott Weinberg on Weinberg Law. We're going to get to some of our other rights, especially here in this state, that uh, the militia obviously recently have uh, uh, sprung up on the uh, the western side of the state. We're going to be talking about the uh, the arrest that took place and, quite frankly, see how we can't protect our rights from uh, not only them but also the government. We'll be back in a second. Have you or a loved one been arrested or charged with a crime? Do you want to stay out of jail and try to keep your record clean? Then you need the attorneys from Weinberg Law at 1-800-7100-LAW. And if you call right now, they can qualify you for a payment plan designed just for you. That's right, an affordable top criminal law firm. Call 1-800-7100-LAW. Stay out of jail, keep your record clean, and qualify for payment plans. Call now, 1-800-710-0529. That's 1-800-7100-LAW. 